0: what constitutes the liturgical life hi i'm mike mason this is the saint Joseph society podcast saint jose is a catholic lay apostolate devoted to help men order all things to christ as they become strong in mind body and spirit if you'd like to check out more about us you can see us at stjoe this is the saint joseph boot camp episode 25 and this month i have a really special guest i'm in a studio here with uh father henry hoffman um one of my favorite priests in the whole world. Love this guy. Uh, this month, we're discussing the Mass and how to see the Mass as prayer. And as much as I would love to talk about that, I decided for you guys, it'd be better to get the expert himself. And so here he is. So, Father Henry, thanks for coming in.
1: Awesome. Thanks, uh, Mike.
0: So, Father Henry, in a, in a moment of weakness, you agreed to do four of these. <laughs> right. So, uh, this is the first. Got I got you down for three more. Yep, yeah, yep.
1: Um, I'm excited, though. It's good. great to be with you all good. and uh, yeah, to do this together. Looking yep. forward to it
0: sweet well this so this this month guys we're gonna do what constitutes the liturgical life we're going to cover that today next week we're going to talk about on the church building and I'm looking forward to that talk um, to see what you have to say there then we're in th- week three we'll do breakdown of the mass father Henry's going to walk us through the, the main parts of the mass and then finally we're gonna talk about how to live this so once we learn all this cool theology how do we actually put this in our everyday lives but this month we're going to focus on what constitutes the liturgical life so father Henry, what in the world is liturgy? What yeah. are we even talking about?
1: Good. That's a great question. And it, it's an interesting one because the liturgy is something that's very ancient. It's a very human thing uh, because people, as long as human beings have existed, have done liturgy in some way or shape or form. And then there's a specifically Christian uh, form of liturgy, obviously, that's the mass that we'll talk about. But just generally, liturgy comes from the Greek word... Uh, Laetorgos, which is related to the words for laity, so that's the first half of the word late, and then orgos is like work mm. And so it's You could mistranslate it as like a work of the people uh, It's not exactly that, it might be better to think of it as like a public work mm. And so it's a public work, it's something that is done publicly um, With a kind of rule governing it For the public good And um the the mistake that some people think is that it's our thing because it's public it's like of the people um but it's not really that the catechism says that the liturgy is first and foremost the work of christ and so it's christ acting through his people acting through the church and so it is it's a work it's something that's done and it has a pro, a process and then an effect you know just like any work does but it's primarily foremost the work of christ So that's literally liturgy generally. It's the work of Christ acting through his church in a public way. And the purpose of it is to like sanctify the world, to make it holy, the way that Jesus came uh, to make the world holy and to uh, drive out evil, to inculcate good, to feed his people. The liturgy kind of does all of that. But essentially, it's a public work done by Christ through his people using his ministers. And it's his way of sanctifying the world the second vatican council says something that is really a, a summary of all of the tradition on that subject and there's you know there's a lot of things about the second vatican council that a lot of people don't think are a summary of tradition mm-hmm. but this is one of the things that is yeah. and it's uh it's that the the liturgy is the source and the summit of the christian mm-hmm. life so it's the source and the summit of the christian life because it's the work of christ acting in the church to sanctify the people and through the people of the world and so it's the source and the summit of everything that it means to be a christian really
0: so i know we're gonna get to this later this month on like how do we live it personally but when we're going to mass we're not going to some sort of um spectator and watching but are we as a lay person a guy like myself am i uh-huh. being invited into this this work of his or is it are we there just simply to watch
1: yeah yeah that's a good question and maybe that's a false dichotomy hmm. maybe that part of the work is to watch you know, because like mm-hmm. heaven itself essentially consists in the vision of God. And that vision of God is not just a passive part, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm looking at something nice over there. But it's when, when we see God, we are changed and we mm-hmm. actually become active like him. And so the participation at mass, both for the priest and for the laity, Maybe in different ways, but ultimately it's that vision of God because the, the liturgy is supposed to be in a sense of heaven coming down to earth. Mm-hmm. So saints have seen visions of what actually happens at mass, which is like these ranks of angels and fire coming down on the altar. All this cool stuff that we can't see because, you know, like we're not ready for it yet. But in, in a lot of ways too, the book of Revelation is uh, just like a heavenly unfolding of what the mass is in the heavenly reality which is a pretty cool way to think about it i think and it's it's good to keep in mind when you're at mass that there's a lot going on that's invisible all of the Mm -hmm. angels the up and the down the fire all of that so anyway the point of that is that mass is not necessarily something that you either are just like sitting back and watching or doing something like getting up to do the readings Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of like a false dichotomy that people have either i'm actively engaged and going up and giving communion or doing the readings or I'm not doing anything like no it's actually a kind of like contemplation it should be a contemplative activity and contemplation is a it's a way of like actively receiving
0: yeah
1: and so like you're there kind of to watch but that watching is not just passively sitting back the way that you would go to a movie theater and watch a show yeah like you should be actively and fully engaged but that active and full engagement doesn't mean you're physically doing something at any time yeah. but it's like you're you're all in and focus and attention that kind of thing yeah that's if really that makes fat. sense
0: yeah that makes great uh, makes perfect sense it's really cool because when i was we're both protestant converts actually yeah and then that, maybe that's yeah. set for another
1: episode
0: but one of the things that got me is i remember a pastor i was an evangelical and he, he was talking about i was asking about worship and he talked about the fact that the worship in the book of revelation doesn't look like what we were doing as evangelicals. And that was one of the things that kind of nudged me forward towards Catholicism. Mm, mm,
1: so that nice. kind of struck
0: me. And then the other thing you said that struck me is, you know, there's this tension of like the active and contemplative aspects of life. And so it seems to me that like the liturgy and the mass, which we'll, you know, we're going to turn to here in, in a minute, but like it brings these two things together. Mm -hmm. Um, that the active contemplative in a way come together because we're actively participating, but that active participation is a prayer, uniting ourselves with God and things. Um, well, so the liturgy is obviously a huge subject. We want to focus in on the mass. Like what is the mass and what role does it play in the wider liturgy? And how does that work?
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, let me start with different names for the mass. So the mass throughout time has been called the Holy Sacrifice. It's been called, uh, the supper of the Lord, you know, like in the early Christian documents. It's been called the Eucharist. And I think all of those things kind of help to illustrate what it is. And that's why we call it those different names. And the word mass itself comes from the last thing that the priest says in Latin, which is ite misa est. And Mm. if you say misa est 10 times fast, it sounds like mass. Mm. So (laughs) that's how it came over time. Um, So the word mass comes from that Latin phrase misa est, which means it has been sent. Mm. So it's a kind of sending. Uh, essentially, and there's a, a twofold sending in the Eucharistic prayer that we'll talk about, uh, I think a little bit later on, maybe in an upcoming week or something. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a prayer where the priest says, uh, may the holy angel send these to your altar on high. And so it's a kind of sacrifice and the, the phrase that it has been sent go forth. The mass is ended. That's the English translation of it. Um, it means that the sacrifice has been completed. So it's a kind of sending and offering up to heaven That is then finished and then we go out and so there's one sending of the offering to heaven and one sending of the people out And so mass then is kind of like a twofold thing. There's the the sending of something to heaven We'll talk about what that something is in a second, but essentially that's a sacrifice Mm -hmm. So we call it the holy sacrifice of the mass something is sent to heaven. That's the sacrifice and then we are sent out into the world and um, the word Eucharist, you often hear it called like the liturgy of the Eucharist, the Eucharistic liturgy. Um, it means Thanksgiving, and it comes from the phrase right before the words of consecration. It talks about how Jesus gave thanks, and then he blessed the bread, broke it, gave it to his disciples. Um, and so it's a kind of Thanksgiving. And essentially, the sacrifice that we offer is a sacrifice of Thanksgiving. And we hear in the preface, let us give thanks to the Lord our God, and the people responded as right and just so in some sense the mass is a sacrifice but it's a sacrifice of thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and then it's also a in some sense a meal because it was celebrated for the first time in the context of the paschal meal uh, of the jewish liturgy in which the the lamb was killed in the temple and brought home and people consumed it as like food for the journey on their exodus out of egypt right Mm -hmm. so that was the original passover and that was where uh our lord started the Mass for the first time and so it's it's a sacrifice it's a kind of thanksgiving and then it's also a meal by which we commune with the body of the lord and with each other uh because we all receive communion so communion is a kind of union with between us and the lord and us and each other and the lord all all at the same time Mm -hmm. and so mass is a sacrifice it's a form of thanksgiving and praise and it's a, it's a communion whereby we receive strength and then are sent out to the world.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. To be, to be um, the body of Christ in the world and to Mm -hmm. represent him in our lives. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Um, So the mass is a source and summit of the Christian life. I know our, our week is supposed to is uh, liturgical in a way. There's certain days devoted to more penitential practices and celebratory on a Sunday and things like that. But, what about, you know, we're, as of, as we're recording this, we're getting ready to head into Lent, you know, Ash yeah, Wednesdays yeah. next week. Right, How right. does um, the liturgical year work? What are some major seasons? Um, you know, can you walk us through the, the basics of that?
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, so the liturgical year is sort of like a rhythm that unpacks the reality that happens at each Mass. So at each Mass, we celebrate the birth, passion, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus And it's all packaged into one. Hmm. And then the liturgical year kind of takes that package and unpacks it throughout the year so that we can have a chance to kind of soak in and meditate on each of those aspects Hmm. for an extended period of time. So it's kind of like a rhythm. Uh, The liturgical year begins with the season of Advent. And Advent is a season of preparation for his coming. And so we prepare for his coming. Then he comes at Christmas uh, and we celebrate that. And there's a season of Christmas to remember his birth, uh, his epiphany, his revelation, his presentation in the temple at Candlemas, Mm -hmm. all those kinds of things. And then the season of Lent uh, is a time of remembrance of his passion. And we meditate on his 40 days in the desert, his fasting, all of those good things. Then Easter obviously is his resurrection. And Pentecost is his sending out of the Holy Spirit after his ascension into heaven. And then there are some blocks of time there in between uh, Christmas and Lent and after Pentecost That are either called time after Epiphany, time after Pentecost or ordinary time And uh, those are days in which the mis- the meditation on the mystery continues So you have some sections of the rhythm of the cycle That are focused on specific mysteries And some that are kind of comprise the whole thing um, the ones that comprise the whole thing are called ordinary time or time in, in an order. It's not ordinary in the sense of normal. It's ordinary mm-hmm. in the sense of following an order of things. And, um, and then the different yeah the different seasons focus on different aspects of the mystery. And then the liturgical year itself is the cycle in which all of those kind of form a harmonious whole. And then we can also focus on one bit of them at a time as we move through the year.
0: Wow. This is I mean I have a ton of practical questions
1: for you that yeah. to say. <laughs> like forward. how do we do that <laughs> Yeah um uh-huh. but that's but, that's the basic idea. Okay,
0: beautiful. Yeah. Um I think I'm going to draw this session to a close cuz I have a bunch right. of other things I want to ask you. All right. Um so what we're where we're going in the next few episodes is we're going to talk about the church building. Um you're going to tell us why the architecture and things are important there. I'm looking mm-hmm. really look forward to that episode. Then you're going to break down the mass force even more. Um, Because this month with the St. Joseph Boot Camp, we're really trying to focus on seeing Mass as a prayer right. and to enter into it. I mean, even after our conversation right now, we're recording this on Saturday. Like, I'm eager to go to Mass tomorrow because I'm ready yeah. to get more out yeah. of it already. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, So week week three, we'll do that for episode 27. Good. And then Good. all these practical questions that are running through my mind, you know, how to myself incorporate into this better, how to lead my family into it. Um, we're gonna let you talk freely about that which would be really great
1: awesome good so, looking forward to it thanks for being with us today sure and look forward to next my week. pleasure my Same. pleasure god All right, bless Jim. you brothers yeah
0: got it uh guys hope you have an awesome week i uh, hope this is helpful to you as you had to mass this weekend and uh look forward to seeing you guys next week god bless